If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, Rush Nation, what is happening? Thank you for joining us on the first ever live Five Yard College podcast. Shout out to Stocks and Murph, who have let us borrow the Five Yard Rush account for just about an hour or so this evening. I am joined by Jordan, Mark and Ash. The full Five College team are here and we're ready for a live mock draft. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Excited. Cheers. Yeah, <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. yeah, doing good. Looking forward to this. Think of what can go wrong with a live feed. <laughs> <laughs> what can go wrong? Well, listen, I'm just glad I've not got the number one overall pick. People we'll might people might switch off if it's not Trevor Lawrence, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Lee's behind the scenes. He's worked, uh, done some magic behind the scenes to get us to where we are now. Uh, so if this stream cuts off, it's because he doesn't like what Miami have done with the number three overall pick. So if we cut off early doors, you know what's happened. Lads, let's just get this. Let's get this going. We've got people ready on the stream waiting for this first pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars are officially on the clock. Well, I'd love to make it interesting, but you know where I'm going. It's uh, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback of the Clemson Tigers, with the number two overall pick. The New York Jets were trying to shop the number two, but couldn't get the interest. We're going to find out why in just a moment when we get to pick number three. There was an offer from Philadelphia, supposedly not too happy with Jalen Hurts. The offer was the number six pick and three seconds. Now, that's ironically similar to the the offer that the Jets made to the Colts to move up three spots for Sam Darnold, who they are moving on from in tonight's one-round mock draft. It's very close between those two quarterbacks, gents, but I'm going to say that Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU, is the better scheme fit in Robert Sala's offence. So the New York Jets select Zach Wilson of BYU. We have a trade for the number three overall pick. The Carolina Panthers have given the Miami Dolphins number eight overall, their 2022 first, and two third-round picks, one this year, one next. They've moved up five spots. And who are they taking? Yeah, um, I'm pleased because the guy they wanted is still on the board. Um, it's going to be a quarterback. No team's moving up for anybody but a quarterback. And I'm left with two intriguing prospects. I'm left with Justin Fields. I'm left with Trey Lance. And my heart says Trey Lance, but my head says pick the guy who's got big game experience. This is the face of your franchise. You built really well in your first year. Pick somebody who has got the experience, who's proven on a bigger stage, you're trading up the number three, the pick's going to be Justin Fields, Ohio State. Three quarterbacks off the board in the first three picks. Not sure how the Falcons are going to feel about that. Um, so again, this is back to me, isn't it? It so is, back yeah. the Falcons. And I think the Falcons would have liked to have touched Justin Fields. I'm looking at their needs and God damn it, Fowler's gone. They really need an edge rusher, but there's just nobody who offers any value. Keanu Neal, the safety's gone again. Can I offer, there's nothing that offers any value at safety at this high up draft. Uh, does anybody want to trade up, first of all? Because, you know, like I'm looking and I'm thinking, can I get anything for these picks? Well, it's silence, so it doesn't look silence like Silence at the minute. Silence uh, at the minute. I'm just thinking if either of the now, guys I've got in mind just so you're aware gents if the simulator rejects the trade then the trade is unsuccessful yeah fine uh, well Philadelphia, Philadelphia aren't interested in trading up anymore because they're, they're quarterbacks off the board if they were going to go QB yeah no I'm yeah no right so in that case I'm making the pick I'm making the pick and I'm looking at what they've got and I'm thinking 
Arizona aren't going to be in this. Sorry, Atlanta aren't going to be in this position again. They've got Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan can hold the fort now. But what kind of trade value will he have next year and beyond? There's a young quarterback who I personally love, and he could seamlessly transition into that position in a year's time, and they can move on from Matt Ryan, and they can retain whatever Super Bowl window there might be in by that stage. Because I think they're not too many pieces away from competing. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to make a ball move. I'm going to make it the fourth quarterback taken in a row. Wow. I'm going to put Trey Lance in there. Trey Lance at number four. The run on quarterbacks has come even before the Bengals are on the clock. Now, the Bengals, surely they're in dreamland. Jordan, pick number five. Yeah, absolute dreamland. You know, they want an offensive tackle to guard Joe Burrows and the guy that's there, perfect standout offensive tackle, Penny Sewell or Oregon Ducks. Makes perfect sense to me. Okay, now we get to, to Philly and this is a difficult one. Like I said, as as Playing GM for Philly, I'm not. I'm not completely convinced that Jalen Hurts is the guy long term. Now, Philly fans might be might be switching off the stream at this point. However, it's quite clear that the quarterbacks are off the board. You've got to do it, Philadelphia. You've got to go and get yourself the best wide receiver in this class. For me, it's the man who opted out in 2020, wide receiver from LSU, Jamar Chase. Fantastic pick. Now, the Dallas Cowboys have also traded up. Now, Jerry Jones in, in, this, um, in this alternate universe must be pulling his hair out because he's given up a third-round pick in the expectation that Philly might have been taking a cornerback and trying to get one of those top two guys before the pick gets past Denver Broncos. So Jerry Jones will be kicking himself. But for me, it's obvious that it's it's a cornerback here. And the best cornerback, uh, someone who can come up to the line of scrimmage and uh, good, in, good in the tackle game as well as in coverage, Caleb Farley of Virginia Tech. Finally, we get to the Miami Dolphins at pick number eight. Yeah, so obviously Miami have traded back from the number three. I think the, the haul that they got for that pick... Uh, warrants the move down I'm a little bit gutted because the guy I was targeting was Jamar Chase I didn't think Philly would take him Um, however I'm still going to go wide receiver Um, it might be a little early but I think um, Tua needs um, legit weapons around him now Um, so with the eighth pick Miami are going to select Devontae Smith wide receiver from Alabama a matchup between Smith and his former quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. Right, gents, at this stage, we are a quarter of the way through our mock draft. The first eight picks are in. We've got one defensive player off the board, four quarterbacks. Jordan, what's your favourite pick of this top eight? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Max Bold, Trey Lance, because I think there's a lot of love for him. You know, I think, especially on this pod, you know, there's a few of us that love him. <laughs> and I think it's a perfect scenario just to sit behind Matt Ryan for one, maybe two years. But I think it just, it's a per- I think it's spot on, spot on pick, I think. I think a lot of people will agree as well. And a very different style of quarterback as well. So we might get a situation like we saw with Philly last year where Hertz was coming into the game and, and, and the offence was, was showing a completely different look. A surprising pick, nonetheless. Ash, which pick are you surprised the most with? Um, Outside of my own pick, um, I am surprised that the Falcons... I would say I'm surprised that the Falcons have gone for Lance, but Mm -hmm. I'm not because I completely understand Mark's decision behind bringing him in to sit behind Matt Ryan. A little bit rich for my blood, but looking at that position, not being able to move down, I think it's probably the best decision there. Um, none of these picks really surprise me, um, to be honest with you. Um, Philadelphia did need a wide receiver, so when they didn't get the trade that they wanted and the quarterbacks had gone, I probably shouldn't have been too surprised. And I think Bengals are laughing that Suell sat there at number five, considering mm-hmm. when they were currently the number two back pick back in the season, they would probably still be hoping that Penai Suell would have been there. So I think to get him at five is, is a, it's the fifth overall pick, but I, I would still call that a bargain. And Mark, who's reached? Uh, Devonta Smith 
I don't know where I sit on Devonta Smith. I look at his body type and I look at the production he had at Alabama and he was schemed open so much and was part of his production because Jalen Waddle wasn't on the field. And I'm thinking, my, I understand what Miami have done. They wanted someone who Tua needed and somebody who Tua could give that ball to in that offensive field he had a connection with already. So whilst I totally understand the move, I don't know if I would have took Jalen Waddle there instead. I think you get more you get more in the uh, in the special teams game from from Jalen Model, don't you? I mean, you obviously, you don't necessarily want your your first round ride receiver on on kick and punt returns for for fear of injury. But Waddle's got the got the chance to take it to the house anytime he gets the ball in his hands on special teams. I'm with you there, Mark. I, I've got Waddle ranked ahead of Smith. I'm surprised nobody's nobody's uh, upset with uh, the Cowboys move up. Maybe it's characteristic. But that was the guy they, they, they probably would have got had they been been sat at 10. So they've moved up three spots. They've given away a third. And the guy that they've taken probably would have been there anyway. That yeah. takes us to pick number nine in the mock draft so far. Um, yeah, it's the um, Denver Broncos. And you say that Caleb Fowley might have been there, but I think I, I, would, have, I would have taken him myself over um, for, for, the, for Denver. Like, But now... I'm not left with him, so it's a toss-up between two. But I'm still going to pick a cornerback because they've they've got problems there. They've they've released released a couple, and um, Patrick Sertain, the second Alabama Crimson Tide cornerback. Not surprised to see those two go in the first top ten picks. Now we get to the Detroit Lions, who've moved back from seven to ten, picked up a third rounder this year in the process. Ash, who are the Lions picking up? Yeah, so there was a there was a couple of directions that I was leaning towards here. Um, it would have been a cornerback if Farley and Satain hadn't gone off the board, although I expected it with the guys above them. And the other area I'm really leaning towards is wide receiver. I this is this is a difficult one. We've already mentioned him. I am going to pull the trigger, although ten it might be a little bit rich, but I'm going to do it anyway because I think they need weapons. So with the tenth pick, Detroit Lions are going to select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver from Alabama. That is back to back to back Crimson Tide players off the board. Jalen Waddle off at number ten. Ash, we're back to you again for the New York Giants. Yeah, so the Giants, I mean, we've got a running theme here at the minute of teams needing wide receivers. However, I'm not willing. I don't think there's a wide receiver now that justifies being the 11th pick. Um, So I'll be moving towards another area. Um, Now, you could argue that this guy is a wide receiver anyway, but he is going to be lined up as a tight end. Uh, But what a tight end he's going to be. So with the 11th pick, the New York Giants are going to select Carl Pitts, tight end from Florida. Oh, you've snuck on this. Because I tell you what, if he had been there for, for my pick, I was taking him next. <laughs> and speaking of your next pick, Mark, the San Francisco 49ers picking at number The San Francisco 49ers are gutted because the thought of putting Kyle Pitts in the Kyle Shanahan offence alongside Kittle and Ayuk and Debo was... So close, and if he'd been there, I would have took him. If he'd been there, I would have took him. But he hasn't. And look, Caroline, sorry, the San Francisco 49ers have got a number of holes. They have got a number of holes. You know, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, who's going to play a corner for them next year? You know, but then again, the two corners are off the board. I'm thinking they need another player on that back end. They need a safety again. But I'm thinking there's no one there. Um, I've done this guy isn't perfect fits for them early on. Trent Williams is a free agent. They might well get a deal with him, but all the talk is, is that they're going to move him on. They need someone to slide into tackle and they need someone who can offer some versatility around, around that offensive line. Ultimately, I think the best value at this point is to take the um, defensive is to take their offensive tackle. So I'm taking a very Sean Slater from Northwestern, and I'm going to put him in with that pick. 
Uh, that surprises me. Interesting that you've that we obviously we've got him designated here <clears> as an offensive tackle. <throat> there are those that that would play Slater at right guard as well. As you said, he's got that versatility. Uh, Minnesota are sweating for their next pick, but first up, we have got the LA Chargers at thirteen. I don't know if it's made my um, choice a lot easier, I am, because I think it it makes it. I would have probably gone Kyle Pitts just because the fact he were there, but it makes it a lot makes it better that two people would have gone before me and picked him. Then Rashawn Slater, Rashawn Slater would have been ideal to shore up that offensive line for Justin Herbert. I think it were ranked, if not if it were last in um, in protection. But another put another fit for him is uh, Christian Darisaw, a Virginia, Virginia Tech offensive tackle. I think he'll slide in perfectly there for to protect Justin Herbert. A nightmare scenario for the Minnesota Vikings. Those back-to-back tackles. Slater was number one on the wish list. Darasaur at number two, and a major rethink. Now the Vikings are on the clock. So looking looking at the board now, it's it, it's almost scandalous to to start letting Quitty Pay, Micah Parsons, and, and Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa start to slide down these this draft board. Now the Vikings, do they have a need at linebacker? I'm not so sure. There is a need on the line, likely going to be on the interior, which which brings Christian Barmore into play. But right now, I think the Vikings are just going to have to go best player available. Daniil Hunter's back next year. Let's pair him up with Quitty Pate, defensive end, Michigan. Good pick. The New England Patriots, number 15. Yes, so number 15. And I slightly snookered myself here because... The main areas I had targeted for Patriots were either a wide receiver, if Waddle or, or somehow Smith had dropped there, or Pitts. And I took all three of those guys, so I sort of did myself in with this pick. But I felt another need, an area that they would be looking at, the Patriots, is defensive tackle and linebacker. This is far too early for Barmore for me. Um, so it's now a toss-up between Awusu Karoma. Kar- Koromoa and Mikhail Parsons. And I'm going to go for the higher potential. So with the 15th pick, the New England Patriots select Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa from Notre Dame. That's a, it's a great fit in that Bill Belichick defence. A great fit. And to, to get us to the halfway stage, number 16, the Arizona Cardinals. That that pick has shocked me. Uh, you know, in the way the board's gone, this is kind of indicative of the NFL today. It's been offensive heavy and it's an offensive driven league now. You know, we look at the you know, most of the positions that have been taken have been in passing the ball, catching the ball, protecting the pass out, stopping the pass. And that's and that's and that's where it's gone. So Arizona Cardinals, just where do I go? Who's on the board and who's left? Um Okay, and they've got needs. They've got needs. They've got free agents. Patrick Peterson's gone. Larry Fitzgerald's gone. You know, they've got um they've got a need on defensive line. They've got a need a corner. Um Corey Peters is underrated going. You know, he's a free agent. Some of these I might well bring back. I'm thinking to pick up corners and free agency. I'm thinking to get a couple of corners and free agency, maybe Gavon Connolly or someone like that who's going to be a free agent. And I'm thinking, who do they go with? I'm, 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 I'm thinking hard on this. I'm thinking hard on it. I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna have to do it. They need to get better along that. They need to get better. They need to get better at pass rushing. Hassan Radic, he's gonna be a free agent. Marcus Golden, he's gonna be a free agent. Chandler Jones is coming back. I think they need to find. Sorry. Um, I think they need to find that next thing. And I think I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go Christian Barmore from Alabama inside for Arizona. A surprise pick to get us to the halfway stage. I'm not surprised that Barmore has gone in the top half of the first round because I think it's more to do with there is a lack of depth at the position after him. And so I'm not surprised to see him go. Maybe the, I don't know, maybe the landing spot is, is slightly surprising. But there we go. Let's look at our, our next eight picks as we've got to the halfway stage in the draft. The Denver Broncos, cornerback Patrick Satan, 
Detroit Lions, who traded back three spots. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. The Giants take Kyle Pitts. The 49ers, Rayshawn Slater, right tackle from Northwestern. The Chargers select Christian Darasaw. The Vikings, Quitty Pay. Linebacker from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa to the Pats. And defensive tackle, Christian Barmore to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Jordan, the most surprising pick for you there. What, which one stood, stood out to you? I'm not sure. Really. I'm, not, I'm looking at it and I can't, there's nothing really that really stands out to me. Um, I'd say that maybe the Patriots picking Owusu Koromoa. Maybe not, not as a shock, just maybe more of a shock that I think I wanted him later on and I thought he'd fall to me, to be honest with you. But <laughs> I, I'm very surprised to still see Micah Parsons on the board at pick 17. But I think as a, as a scheme fit, I think the Patriots is a good landing spot for Owusu Koromoa. Mark, your favourite pick in those in those eight? Um, I think... I think I th- I'm going to go Owusu Koromoa. I think many people would have had a Parsons ahead of him. And of course, I have Parsons ahead of him on my big board. But the idea of what Belichick can do with a player of that kind of versatility, you know, like, and, and he can rush the pass out really well. He's really good in coverage. He's, he's got so much versatility. And we know that, that the way that Belichick plays schemes up offenses and takes away their best weapons and stuff like that. And when you're looking at division and you think, you know, You've got you've got Josh Allen. You've got Josh Allen who's, who wants to break the pocket, who wants to run and make plays outside. I think Wilson Cormoa is is a great antidote to what Josh Allen wants to do, holding the ball and moving around that pocket. Yeah, a good a good pick from my end as well, Ash, for the Patriots. You've gone for for scheme fit rather than rather than best player available, in my opinion, with Parsons. Ash, who's whiffed with the first round pick there? Anyone? Or are you happy? Uh, um I mentioned it earlier when we were look when I was looking at um when I was looking at Giants and Patriots. I think it's a bit early for me for Barmore. I but I do agree with you both that the position takes a big dip after him. Um so if you want a, the best defensive tackle in this draft class, you're gonna need to pay for him. Um and the I would have I've personally got Darashaw above Slater solely looking at it as tackles but you mm-hmm. mentioned it earlier as well Tom that he, he could be more of a guard when it comes to the next level I still see that happening and I do love what he offers um, just from a tackle only perspective which I think both of those teams needed um, it was it would be Darashaw for me so but yeah you know no, what, yep go on you know what was that for me because I, I like Darashaw but for me it's a scheme fit Mike yeah. Shanahan asks a lot of his offensive line you know, they play a lot of zone blocking. They're going to need to be able to play out in space. And for me, it was that athleticism of Rayshon Slater that made us go. In that system, he's going to get to the second level and get blocks. And that's what he needs to do to release Ayuk and them on the sweeps. It was PR scheme fit. I took them over to so. Yeah, and, and it's very close between the two of them. They're both exceptional talents. And this is the area that you would expect them to go. Um, I, I Like I say, none of these picks really truly surprised me. You just made me... Pick one, Tom. <laughs> I'm cruel like that. I'm nice like that. Now, Jordan, no pressure, but Mark's Raiders are on the clock and you are Mike Mayock for this one. So where are you going? Um, well, I'm I'm actually, I'm sure Mike will agree with me. I'm absolutely gutted here because I wanted Arusu Karamoa at the um, at the Raiders. Um, I also want to mind quick pay here as well. It's <laughs> also off the board. Now, do I... Do I stick with the edge or can we try and get an edge later on, maybe trade up in the second round and assess that? And I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to go Mika Parsons. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick him. I think it's the right thing to do. You know, he is, when you look at the board now, he's, 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 he could be an elite athlete and, and we can address that edge rush later on. I think, I think we can still get a good one. Love it. Love it. Love it. You've made Mark happy. <laughs> and if Mark's happy, then Raider Nation is happy. Now, Ash, you're up on the board at pick number 18, but the telephone is ringing. Oh, and the Tennessee on. Titans would like to propose a trade. They want to come up. There's a player on the board that, they, that they're after. So the Tennessee Titans are going to propose a trade to the Miami Dolphins. Now, if the uh, you're going to get first dibs to reject this offer. Okay. But then the PFN simulator is also going to have its, its chance to do it as well. 
So the Titans and I'll get a third opinion as well. The Titans are willing to offer. Titans are willing to offer 22 and a third round pick. Oh, is that too much? I'll tell you what. See, now the GM knows I'm willing to give a third. For 18. <laughs> and I want you six. To move up four spots, you're going to give me a third and sacrifice a sixth. Do you know what? I'm going to accept it because I'm intrigued to see as well what the computer says. So let's okay. go. So we're past one stage. We're past Ash. The Dolphins <laughs> don't <laughs> like it. The Titans, they, they've been sniped by PFN. Any so, interest in trying again? No, no, too no? rich. Too rich. Okay. Okay. okay, so the Dolphins, where are they going? So the Dolphins. Uh, uh, there's a few there's, there's a few areas. Now, one area is running back. Mm-hmm. But is it too rich to be going for a running back at number 18 overall? Mm, no. I'm getting some chatter in my ear, but I am ignoring it completely. But if... do they ha- Can they afford the luxury of going running back here? And do you know what? I think Tua can use all the help he can get. And having another teammate in town is going to be a great thing for him. So, with the 18th pick, the Miami Dolphins are going to select Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. So, the Miami Crimson Tide selecting from the Alabama Dolphins. Oh, wait, hang on. We've got that the wrong way now. <laughs> so, from Tuscaloosa to the Hard Rock, Najee Harris, running back from the Alabama Crimson Tide. Up at 19, the Washington football team. Now, they yeah. have a need at quarterback, but there are other needs as well. Ash, it's on you again. Where are, where are the Washington football team? It is team on heading? me. Yeah, it is on me. And there are other needs. And they, I'll be completely honest with you. I wasn't expecting him to be here, but I was expecting to be in a position to move up with Washington for Trey Lance. So that Falcons pick really threw me. Now... I like Mac Jones, but I don't think I like him at 19. I'm still yet to be decided if, I've, if he's justified at that area. So I'm not going quarterback for Washington, and that might upset a few people. I am going to go for another area of needs. Oh, but that's... Ah, uh, see, this is um, I am tilting hard right now. No, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. Washington select cornerback J.C. Horn from South Carolina. I did not expect J.C. Horn to to land in Washington. That secondary needs a little bit of help. I'm surprised. Secondary needs help. Yeah, I did not gone quarterback, but you made a good case for it. I'm not rich. sure how Washington fans are going to feel about that. We'll see what happens. They're going to hate it. We'll see what happens in the mentions at the end of the uh, at the end of the stream. Now the Chicago Bears. Now are they doing somersaults because they've got a need at quarterback, Mark? Yeah, um, you know this is it's difficult because Mac Jones. I'm thinking Chicago. You know, like obviously you need a quarterback, and there's Mac Jones staring them in the face, and I'm like, they haven't made a move in free agency. Mitch Trubisky's moving on. At this moment in time, they've got Nick Foles and Slate to be their starter. You know, I'm sure they would have liked to have got Derek Carr, but all the rumours is, is that Derek Carr, rightly or wrongly in my view, is signing a new deal at the Raiders. Personally, I think the Raiders could have took the value and packaged it up and tried to move up. But in this case, they couldn't anyway because Trey Lance was gone. Um, and Gruden doesn't like rookies anyway. So, you know... <sighs> I'm going to make it. I'm going to have to. Their need's too good and the value's too high and it's the most important position on the field. And there's one there who's just won a championship. And yeah, he has got limitations in his game, but he's incredibly smart. He, he puts the ball where it needs to be. He just doesn't need to turn the ball over in that, in that, in that, in that franchise because they've got a really good defence and they've got well-balanced. Can he be better than Mitch Trubisky? He's better than Mitch Trubisky already. I'm going to make the pick. It's going to be Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama. 
So we get our fifth quarterback off the board in Mac Jones. A lot we're expecting, myself included, that he would end up in Washington, but he goes to Chicago. And dare I say it, in terms of a scheme fit, it looks like a natural fit for the national championship winner. Now, the Indianapolis Colts, they were in the market for a quarterback. They got their guy in Carson Wentz. The offence looked pretty set. They've drafted well in recent years. They're a team on the up. So, Jordan, where are they headed? Like, like you said, they, they've got themselves Carson Wentz there now. And, I, and there were two areas I could go here. Um, Anthony Castonzo is uh, retiring this year, so it, it leaves a hole there. But also... Is T.Y. Hilton going to move on? Um, do, we, do we get a wide receiver? But it was it a tough one, but I'm, I'm playing it safe. I'm playing it safe. I'm not, I'm not like you. I'm, I'm like everyone here. I'm playing it safe. I'm going Samuel Cosme just to slide in to replace the retiring Anthony Castonzo. Anthony Castonzo, if so I said that the right. Colts. The Colts are boosting one of the, the fiercest lines in the NFL already. Now, the Tennessee Titans, Ash, when they wanted to move up those spots to get Najee Harris, there was one player in mind, and he's still on the board. And that is defensive end Gregory Russo from the University of Miami, Florida. So the Titans get the guy, they, they fix a glaring need at the edge position. Okay, now the New York Jets have got their quarterback of the future. This is where the draft gets interesting for the Jets uh, because once they've decided what happens at quarterback, then everyone's going to forget that very glaring need and then realise that there are very many others. The line still needs work and Elijah Vera Tucker is still on the board. They desperately need some weapons and Rashad Bateman's there. They need a running game. They need pressure off the edge, cornerbacks, <laughs> pretty much... Everywhere on the roster, the Jets could do with making an improvement or another. And it's a difficult one. On one hand, I'm thinking let's let's support this this young quarterback in the way that the Jets did not with Sam Darnold in terms of offensive weaponry. But one thing the New York Jets haven't had since my time of, of following the team, the franchise, is pressure off the edge. And the best player in the position, undoubtedly at this point, 4-3 system, perfect fit, Georgia Bulldog from my college team to my NFL team, defensive end Aziz Ojolari. And Ash, your team are up, but it's not you making the pick. Mark, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. Oh, you know, I love that Sam Cosme pick for the Colts. And he probably would have been my guy here, I think. I really like him. I think that he's expert in pass pro. And Wentz needs to stay upright. We've learned that. When he's under pressure, he turns the ball over. So what a great pick, first of all, that was by the Colts. Um, I'm looking, and the Pittsburgh Steelers need a centre. You know, Pouncey just retired, and he's been there for a while. They've got Villanueva going, uh, you know, the tackle, they need a tackle. People are arguing they need a running back. I hate the value of first-round running backs. I would never take one in the first round. I hate the value of them. I think if you want to improve your run game, improve your offensive line. So that's the area I'm looking at. And I'm thinking, do I take an offensive tackle? It's a really deep offensive tackle class. And there's players there that I really, really like. You know, I like Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. I like Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. And he can play inside at guard if need be. I like Vieira Tucker. So there's three players who I like. But is there value later on in the round for them? Is there value, you know, like in the second round? Can I still get a good offensive tackle in the second round? I'm thinking Jalen Mayfield. Do I take that chance later on if it was me drafting? For me, I'm looking at I'm looking at centre. I want somebody who's hard. I want somebody who's tough. I want somebody who has all those things and who's a brute and has strength and championship pedigree. I'm going to make a strange pick here. Some of you will shake your head, but I'm taking who I think is the best centre in college football. I'm taking the Crimson Tide guy. I'm taking Landon Dickinson from um, Alabama. Another national championship winner, Landon Dickinson off the board. And that takes us three quarters of the way through 
our one-round mock draft with trades. Let's have a look at those last eight picks. At 17, Micah Parsons, linebacker of Penn State to the Oakland. I said Oakland then, the Las Vegas Raiders. I need to get with it. The Miami Dolphins take Lee's favourite guy in the draft, Najee Harris, running back of Alabama. The Washington football team pass on quarterback. They take JC Horn, cornerback from South Carolina. The Bears take Mac Jones. The Colts, Sam Cosme. The Titans get their guy, Gregory Rousseau, without trading up. The Jets make it back-to-back defensive ends with Aziz Ojolari of the Georgia Bulldogs. And Landon Dickerson from Alabama to the Steelers. Ash, I'm going to have to come to you first. How do you feel about that pick? Um, I'd agree that Dickerson is the best centre in this draft pass. I'd agree that we have a glaring need at centre with Pouncey retiring. But I don't like the value at all. Um, but it's someone we needed. Personally, I would have, even though I think the interior isn't as much of a need, we're still light there. Uh, we've got aging guys and guys that I don't think are fully going to cut it. I would have taken Vera Tucker here. I think it's exceptional value for him to still be on the board. But I, Ash, yeah. just out of interest, just out of interest. I was I'm GM for the Bills later on. I was seriously considering making a move up here. Let's just say out of interest that the Bills do make that trade and the Steelers move down to the back end of the first round. If they took Dickerson at 30, would you be happy with it? I, I still think first round for me is a little too much. And but like I said, I don't hate the pick. I just think for what else was there in terms of on the line. I would have gone elsewhere. And I think I probably still would at 30, depending on who goes before them. Um, but I, I can't deny that it's not an area of need. We're going to need a centre. We haven't currently got one on the roster. So we either get him now or we get him, or we get another centre in a couple of rounds time. Um, and of course, we, we don't know what's happened with free agency uh, yet. The franchise tags haven't even started to, to come through. So a lot will change between now and April. Uh, Mark, Michael Parsons to the Raiders. I, I think I know how you feel already, but just how excited are you with that pick? Do you know what people will say? Mike Raider fans will say, it's not really a need. We don't need a Mike. We don't need a Mike linebacker. We've got, you know, Kwiatkowski. I'm lucky I can say his name. We've got, we've got Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski. Can't even say his name. But we've got, <laughs> we've got, Nick, we've got Nick, the middle linebacker from, um, from Chicago. But the truth of the matter is, is, if Micah Parsons played edge, he would be the best edge in this draft. That's how good he is at rushing the passer. He's, he's brilliant at rushing the passer. I think he can play Will. He can play Mike. He can play Sam. We could play some Leo with him. He can put his hand in the dirt. He can be that chess piece. And he can be played all around that line. I think Gus Bradley would absolutely love having a guy like Micah Parsons um, on his roster. I'm so pleased that for once the Raiders took best player available and we didn't overreach for somebody like Damon Ornette or somebody who would fill a need and we didn't get somebody like Davion Nixon or something like that there because we needed a defensive interior line, you know, we needed a defensive tackle. I really, really hope that if Michael Parsons is on the on the board in real life when the Raiders pick, he's the best defensive player in this draft for me. Um, and... I know he's got some character concerns, but I like a linebacker who's got character concerns. I want them to be nasty. I want that's that's what the Raiders are, you know. And we need some nasty, nasty bodies there, you know. Um go on. I think, I think it's a great pick. I think it's a brilliant pick. I think um it's like you said, I think Gus Bradley's good. If he's on the board at that time, Gus Bradley's gonna have so much fun with him. You saw what Gus Bradley did with the um, linebackers in Seattle yeah. when he was there and stuff, you know. And uh, even if Mika Parsons isn't there and Russo Karamo was there, I think again it's obviously Mika Parsons might be the better, better option for you, but I don't think Russo Karamo is not if he's still there either, I don't think that's bad of an option either. I think it's a good pick there to get to get Parsons at pick seventeen. I don't think most Raiders fans will be expecting to see him on the board there. He may go before, but if, as Mark said, if he's there and on the board, go get the best player available. Finally, Jordan, make... Jordan, sorry, go on, go on, Mark. Can I just make one more point? I love the Gregory Rousseau pick. You know, they had Jadavian Clowney there this year, and because of injury on one reason or another, he never really paid off. But Gregory Rousseau gives you that Jadavian Clowney type. 
He's got inside outside versatility. He can kick inside on third down. He can be a bit, he can be athletic on the outside on, on early downs. What a great match. Well, I can't remember who made that pick, but what a fantastic I was I was like, that's such a good pick there. Gregory Rousseau in that system where he is basically does everything or hopefully everything that what the wanted clowny to do, you know, and I just think that's a great pick. Yeah, the the genius that came up with that. Mark was was yours truly, but so I, you. I, I yeah I I agree that that it it does seem like a match made in heaven in terms of landing spot, and that's why I was willing to go up and and get to eighteen to get him. Uh, fortunately, he fell to twenty two. Okay, we're going to move on to those final eight picks. I believe it's with you, Jordan, at pick twenty five. The Jacksonville Jaguars have picked up the best quarterback prospect in at least ten years. Or is it nine years for uh, for Andrew Luck? Um, possibly, possibly since Elway, some believe. What support is he getting here, or is it going to be another defensive pick? Like you said, they've um, they've picked up their franchise quarterback, and um, I think it's only fair that we shore up that offensive line. And I, I don't know if a few of you might be surprised with this pick, but I'm going for offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg for oh. Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I think he is perfect for Jacksonville Jaguars on that to slide in and protect the quarterback for many years. So Liam Eichenberg left tackle out of Notre Dame to the Jaguars. There, there is a deep class of tackles um, and, and, and it gets to this point now with, with some of the more obvious names off the board. This is where we'll start to see different teams and how they rank the tackle prospects, this is where we're going to see the names come off the board. So Eichenberg to the Jags. Now it's with me and the Cleveland Browns. Now, there is a need at, there is a need at edge. Possibly on the interior of that line as well. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm not entirely sure of, of of what the landing spot will be as a match for Joseph Asai of Texas or Jason Oway of Penn State. You know how I feel. Now, I know how I know how you feel, Mark. I know this there's someone you want you want them to take there. Now if the rumours about Odell Beckham Jr. moving on from the Browns are true also, there may be the temptation to go for Rashad Bateman, wide receiver. This is tough. This is tough. I'm going to go for someone with a bit of versatility, someone who I think could fit in as a linebacker at the next level. Um, we've mocked linebackers to the Browns in the first round previously, and I know Browns fans weren't happy with it. I'm not sure whether this is going to be the perfect landing spot, but this is a raw prospect Somebody who could find his future at defensive end, but it might be as an outside linebacker. Joseph Asai of Texas. The Baltimore Ravens are picking at 27. They are indeed. And there's a few areas um, that I was considering, and I am still considering as, as we speak. I think, obviously, edge is a need for the Ravens, um, as is wide receiver, um, and also, I think interior on the interior offensive line as well, they could use some help. Um, now, I can't believe that he's still on the board, but do the Ravens really need Vera Tucker over an edge or a wide receiver? But is his talent too much to let go any further? Because we're looking at teams now that can could really benefit from having him. And I'm thinking more of taking him away from someone. Now, I can't let him go any further. He shouldn't be at 27. So with the 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens select Elijah Vera Tucker, interior offensive line from USC. Solid pick. Solid pick. The, the Ravens rely on that run game and Vera Tucker and his versatility on the right side of the line is music to the ears of J.K. Dobbins and co. there. Now, the New Orleans Saints are in the seventh circle of cap space hell. So the position the position that the Saints are in come April, who knows? Because there's got to be some movement on the roster. 
everything from the quarterback position right the way through to cornerback is is up for grabs. So I don't envy you making this pick, Mark. Number 28, the New Orleans Saints. I think I'm just going to go best player available because everything's a need. Keanu Neal is out of contract. I was really hoping that JC Horn would have lasted this long. I would have loved to put him there because his dad played there, but I think he's also a need for what the half um, quarterback could also be a need, but I don't think they're in the range to get one. Um, I think they're probably just going to go with Hill or, you know, um, yeah, so I'm looking and I'm thinking, is Michael Thomas going to go? Is he going to be put on the trade block because they need to get rid of some salaries and he's got some market and there's Rashad Bateman there and he's kind of got a Michael Thomas-like skill set. I'm thinking, but I also love the TCU safety trade on Morig. And I think he can play in the box and he can play a single high and they're losing Williams. And, you know, like say Marcus Williams or Keanu Neal, they're losing Marcus Williams. They can't afford to sign him. You know, the back end, the back end is so important. So it's a toss-up between these two, Rashard Bateman or Trayvon Amurik. Do you know what it is? I'm going to put strength on strength. I'm going to make sure that I can still stop the pass. I'm going to go for the safety from from uh, TCU. I'm going to put Trayvon Murray there for the safety off the board. And the depth doesn't appear to be there at the top of the draft board at the safety position. So that maybe with receiver you can you can ignore that position for now, address the need later on. But with 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 the safeties, once Murray's off the board, you're really looking at late second to third round picks. So the best safety in this class is off the board. The Green Bay Packers, they made the NFC Championship game. They lost to the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Murph, that mention was just for you, mate. Jordan, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. This is a difficult one because um, I'm I'm looking at the wide receiver and I think there's quite a lot of um, talent still available there. So I, I don't know if I would... Um, but saying that, Kadarius Tony looks very nice. Um, offensive... Offensive tackle, cornerback. Ooh, it's probably my hardest one, and I'm still thinking about it now. I'm not. I'm gonna go because I know that they've released um, Rick Wagner, and we don't know when David Bakhtiari is going to be fit. I don't. I, 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 I'd be surprised if he makes it in the first few games of the next season. So. I'm going to go offensive tackle. And Tevin Jenkins is there. Oh. I'm going to go. Again, another surprise at offensive tackle. It is so close with offensive tackles. But I'm going to go Alex Leverwood from right. Alabama. It's, it's too late, Jordan, because I've already selected Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> when you said it's t- when you said Tevin Jenkins, the pick went in. Written the well, it wouldn't be too my, bad either, I suppose. My, my, apologies, my apologies there, Jordan. Kevin Jenkins is on his way to the Packers. Some confusion in the Green Bay war room. I think somebody's getting sacked after that one, and it might be me. Pick number 30, the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Now, the Bills are one of those rare teams at the minute that they don't really have a desperate, desperate need. And again, it's going to come down to the Bills with who makes the, the final roster cut. One position, there is one position that the that Bills have tried to address in the last two drafts. And they've tried to do it on day two on both occasions. And they've still not quite cracked it. I don't like taking running backs in the first round. However, if the Bills continue to go with what they've done previously, which is to take guys in on, on day two, take them in round three, I don't think either Moss or Singletary are anything more than complementary pieces to a lead back. And so let's go and get one. And it's my running back to Javante Williams. Oh, love him, love him. Now, the Super Bowl champions of 2019, they were one game short of a repeat in 2020. The Kansas City Chiefs. Ash, you're on the clock. I am on the clock with the Chiefs. And I think anybody who watched the Super Bowl will know an uh, area that they need to improve, especially when it comes to injuries that they had. So it's going to be tackle or inside offensive line. And I'm 
deciding between two. I'm going to go on the interior, and I'm going to go for Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Not the most flashy player, but I think Chiefs can afford not to be flashy at this stage. They need help on the offensive line. Um, So, yeah, Wyatt Davis it is. I think we saw Patrick Mahomes running for his life in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Chiefs will have returning pieces next year. But Wyatt Davis is a guard prospect, without doubt, the best interior lineman. Now, that's me considering Elijah Vera Tucker as a tackle rather than a guard. That applies to Rayshon Slater as well. We saw Cesar Ruiz go at this stage to the Saints last year at the, at the back end of the first round as a guard. And I think the, the Chiefs are, are filling a need here. So we've got one more pick to finish out the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. It is the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mark? You know, what a luxury. Some of my favourite players are still on this board. Vondiel Moore, love him. Nick Bolton, love him. Jason Oye, love him. You know, there's some players who I really like who are still on this board. Zayvon Collins, love him. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking Tampa are in a really good position. They've got cap space, you know. They're going to be carrying about 14 million in cap into free agency. I mean, what a position they're in. But they have got some free agents to sign. Chris Godwin's a free agent. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Levante David's a free agent. Domica Sue's a free agent. Shaq Barrett is a free agent. And they play a 3-4, although sometimes they get mixed up into a 4-3. So they play like a and mix and match front, and they're moving around. And I'm thinking, you know how I feel about Jason Owen. You know how I feel about his upside. You know how I feel about that athletic profile and how he's just an absolute freak of nature. And if you were to put him on that defensive line, standing up sometimes an outside linebacker, sometimes with his hand in the dirt, in the Shaq Barrett role, and still got the sign Shaq Barrett, because um, they can't, they've got cap. Um, what a, just what a, you know, pass rush won them the Super Bowl. Look how uncomfortable they made um, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to make that pick. I think it's such a good fit. I think it might be the best pick of the draft. I'm going to put Jason away at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There we go. And that finishes off our first round. Jason Owe. And what I like about that pick there, uh, Mark, is that. Jason Owe was quite, you know, more more like a 3-4 outside linebacker, playing in a 4-3 at Penn State. At times, uh, a square peg in a round hole. But if he's if he's on that Todd Bowles defence, he's got that versatility. He's got that knowledge of lining up as a defensive end. I really like building strength on strength. And listen, the Buccaneers might not be building a statue of Todd Bowles after that Super Bowl, but what a present for getting them there by taking one of the best, most versatile edge rushers left on the board. Okay, so that rounds off our final eight picks. And we'll start with Liam Eichenberg, Jacksonville Jaguars, Joseph Asai, defensive end to the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens took Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle of USC. Safety Trayvon Morig to the Saints. <laughs> After some confusion, Jordan is not happy with me. Tevin Jenkins of Ohio State to the Green Bay Packers. The Bills Ohio, take Javante Williams. What did I say then? Sorry, Ash. Ohio. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. It was all going so well. You just what don't like it? Green Bay. What is it with Tevin Jenkins? My <laughs> mind just goes to mush. My apologies. Oklahoma State, Tevin Jenkins. The Bills take Javante Williams, running back UNC. Wyatt Davis of Ohio State to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Jason Owe, edge rusher to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jordan. How furious are you with the Tevin Jenkins scenario if you're in the Green Bay War Room? Um, no, I, I can live with it. I, I can live with it. It's, it's not the it's not the pick I wanted, but it's it could have been worse. It could you could have put someone in worse. So um, I can live with it. We'll make sure next time someone else is in charge of uh, in charge of behind the scenes. Ash, you can do this one next time. Ash, Deal. most yep. surpri- most surprising pick in that in that final eight picks. Uh, Javonta Williams. Do you like it, surprised, or not? Um, I like that he's the second running back that's gone, because mm-hmm. I'm there with you. But I don't like that the Bills have picked him up, because 
I, I agree with you. I think Moss and Singletary are complementary, but I think they're complement complementary together, and they'll probably target a third in free agency. For, for me, it would be a, I would have gone linebacker hard here, mm-hmm. especially with Zayvon Collins still on the board. But yeah, that's the yeah. I don't like it. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> In a roundabout way, he doesn't yeah. like it. I really, do you know what? That, that Bills pick and, and the Browns pick as well, they were the two that I really did struggle with. Um, I seem to have got away with taking Joseph Asai to the Cleveland Browns, so I'll, I'll not say anything more about that. But yeah, that Javante Williams pick, it was a... I don't know what came over me, but the, the, the Bills, I think, are one of those teams in the NFL at the minute that have got strength all across the board. And again, you know, I keep mentioning it, but free agency and franchise tags is all going to play into it. There's talk of, of the Bills possibly in for JJ Watt, so that might might help on the defensive line. Wouldn't solve the need at linebacker. Zayvon Collins was initially the pick, but Javante Williams to the Bills. Mark, you mentioned that some of the guys that you love in this draft are still on the board. Now, if you're a, a Jaguars fan, and you're going to bed in the early hours of, of Friday morning because you've had your two picks for the day. Who's keeping you up at night with excitement? Because you're on the clock when tomorrow comes. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have took Liam Eikenberg and I probably would have took this guy there. Um, I'm not a high on Liam Eikenberg, you know. I watched him a little bit more in depth and I kind of think he's all right. It's a second-round prospect, but I don't like him as a first. I really like Little from Stanford. But he hasn't played a lot of football and been injured. But he was, you know, he's a five-star prospect. I think he was a, the the number one prospect coming out of high school. And I know he hasn't played for a while, but I still think he's being slept on. And I think, I think had I had the took this guy, Little probably would have been my first pick in the second round. But I would have put a wide receiver there. And you know how much I love Rondell Moore. But I just think Rondell Moore with Lavisca Chenault, you know, and and. Um, and Lawrence, I just think what a great gadget. Because he reminds me of Steve Smith Jr. And I'm like, that guy's, a, you know, like you could play on the outside as well. He's, 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 he's fast, he's electric. He, the way they used him in Purdue, he, he caught so much behind the line. But really in the NFL, he's going to be used in different ways. And I probably would have took Rondale Moore at 25. And if I was the Jaguars, I would definitely be taking him with the first pick in the second round. I think the Jags have got a lot to look forward to in this draft. Two first-round picks, picking at the top of the second. Similar situation for the New York Jets. They both get their quarterbacks of the future. So do the Panthers and the Falcons. Four quarterbacks in the first four picks. We do see a run on offensive talent after that, both wide receiver and offensive tackles. In fact, by the time we get halfway through the draft, we see the top three offensive tackles and top three wide receivers off the board, as well as that electric pass-catching tight end Kyle Pitts. In the second half, some of the picks that stood out, the Washington football team pass on quarterback, the Bears capitalise, Gregory Rousseau to the Titans, Joseph Asai to Texas, some more offensive tackles off the board, Jaguars, Ravens and Packers all taking offensive tackles, Davis on the inside at the Chiefs, and of course, that scandalous Javante Williams pick, to the Buffalo Bills. Listen, if you've stuck with us through this draft tonight, we appreciate it, especially with uh, with it being live. You might have missed Emma Dale and Corey listening to us ramble on tonight. So we appreciate you being here. If you follow us on Twitter and read the, the articles that the guys are putting out, we really do appreciate it. If you've listened and you don't follow us yet, do us a favour. I know there's more important things in this world than Twitter followers. But right now, we're stuck on 1,099. So do us a favour, just one lovely person out there. Come and join our band of followers. They're a lovely group. We have a great time on Twitter responding to your comments and debating college football with you. Right now, it's all about the draft. So if you don't follow us yet on Twitter, head over to at 5 Yard College and do the right thing. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you tonight. I've really enjoyed that. And who would have thought it that the guy to mess it up live on Twitter was yours truly, Jordan, I owe you one. We'll get it right next time, don't worry. (laughs) We all expected it to be you. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to say goodnight. Thank you for listening. Take care. Saturdays are for rushing too.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.